Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of Four Seasons of Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a fifth season only a mother could love. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 13 of Fringe, What Lies Below. My name is Nick, and joining me today are Charlie and David. Hi, I'm Charlie. Hey, I'm David. Man, that was a that was a good placeholder zinger, Nick. Hey. I actually enjoyed that one. That nice. was a good one. It, it felt a little harsh, but you know. <laughs> Isn't that the point of that's, them? Yeah, that's what these shows deserve. <laughs> we like fringe sometimes. <laughs> yes, a, a decent amount of the time even. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get into how much we like fringe sometimes, uh, Nick, what have you been up to? Uh, um, I got really excited because my favorite band released a new single, and then they also announced that they were going to be releasing a new album in January, and then today I got very sad because they also announced that it's their final album. Wait, what? Yup. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you just crushed David's heart. I didn't know heart. this. Yeah, I know, right, David? <laughs> Why are USS breaking up? Um, retiring. It, it was, it, it, like, I was pretty sure last year that we'd heard the last of their new music, and I was very happy when they announced that they were going to make, like, new songs again, um, because, like, they've already started, like, exploring other projects and, like, working with other people. So this is literally mm-hmm. just like, uh, yeah, no, we've, we, we want to explore other projects. That's uh, the same sort of thing that Colorado did. Yeah, uh, cause well. Because that happened recently. As long as it's, it's uh, like, as long as it's a nice, like, end to it. Like yes, they're... and there there will be, they've said that once things, like, calm down pandemic-wise, they will do a final tour. Um, so hopefully right, we can keep so them to that. See that. So, so yeah, you gotta go, like, I, you gotta come with me to at least one of them. Because the I'm gonna go to, like, talking... four of them. <laughs> the band we're talking about, by the way, is a Ubiquitous Synergy Seeker, or USS. Yes. They're a Canadian, like, alt-rock band. It's, it's, it's a all... Canadian band. I say alt rock. They're not re- like uh, yeah, it's hard a to weird describe. Genre definition, it's hard to but describe they fall genre. under they fall under like indie rock, alt rock, like radio station is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And like, they're, they're awesome. Most go, likely, go check them you're going to hear them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will... hey, seven listeners, go check out that <laughs> vent- enormous Canadian band. <laughs> I, I don't know if I go with enormous. They're they're Canadian. big. Canadian enormous standards. Canadian. Hey. Yeah, by Canadian artist standard, they're they're up there. They're they're decent. They they like they go to the top of the Canadian like streaming like charts. I, whenever I feel like anyone released. who pays attention to like the indie like Canadian scene would know USS. Like they're not yeah, probably. like so small that they're gonna like you. You're gonna say USS and be like oh yeah. <laughs> they're not like mother mother level, but they're definitely like up there. I'd say. Man, I'm so happy for whatever the, the like if we have an American listener and they're just like hmm. I know none of these bands that they're mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Give them a shot. We promise. Canada produces good music. Canada yep. produces good music because we have to. We literally have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say, um, just from bands gonna never put out music again. I was convinced Gorillas was never gonna put out another album, and then they did uh, Saturn Bars, and I enjoyed really because like, Gorillas is just Gorillas is a very a different of, thing. Um, though you're just yeah. a group of producers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't actually. No, no. The it's. It was two guys started out, I believe, originally, and they're like, hey, why don't we do music from every single genre? And then they did, and it was amazing. Yeah, but I also thought that one of the aspect was that they're producers, and that's why they can do every genre, because yes. they just farm out a lot of the like singing and like music playing to other people. But they're the, they're the brains behind the scene, but that's why they can do lots of genres, because they're just like, okay, we like these people, they're going to make a gorilla song. Yeah, but well, originally too, they had to write. They still had to do a lot of the music themselves. I know yeah. the one guy 
Yeah, Super music talented. producers write a lot of their like the yeah. music producing is different from TV producing, and that music no, I know, but he do a lot of the. But he also stuff. does like he writes he like he composes, performs, and sings the one. Oh, okay. Like it, it was him for a bit, and another guy, and then when they got big, it was like, hey, we want to do a collab with Snoop Dogg, and Snoop was like, sure, and Plastic Beach was the pinnacle. <laughs> Go listen to Plastic Beach. It's All an right, amazing this album. This has been yes. our music tangent <laughs> for the episode. Where we reveal how indie and alternative our music taste is. And hey, David, I, I expect you at some point to figure out what my uh, profile picture is a uh, reference to. I assume USS. It's a purple butterfly. Yeah. Uh, what song is that? Is it purple butterfly? Is that just three purple butterflies? Yeah. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Figured it I, out real I, quick. I logicked my way through it. I believed in you. You you, you did better than you do on all of the uh, the fringe next episode clues. I do yeah. better on remembering people who I worked with in a four month project four years ago. <laughs> hey, we've done other things, maybe. <laughs> Acting like you're not actually friends. Uh, uh, David, what have you been up to? What depressing things surely have you been up to? Well, I've been watching a lot of VTubers. I've started playing Mahjong Soul. Um, yep still playing uh... genshin impact hmm. um i put um wait let me check uh i put a couple hours in uh solasta crown of the magister uh a game that just went to early access that's essentially um indie baldur's gate 3 <laughs> it kind of started development at the same time by a small indie company oh yes i remember you talking and about it's, this um, also it's built off the systems rules something it's a D word, the SRD for fifth edition, which is sort We're of. We're talking like about the, Dungeons and Dragons, folks. Yeah, which is sort of the open source rules that Wizards uh, released, which is just, hey, these are the basic rules for fifth edition. Do whatever the fuck you want for them. If you want with them, you can change them, use them, whatever. Uh, just give like proper um, credit. Yeah, credit. Uh, so they're using those rules to build a game. Um, it's very similar to Baldur's Gate, and because they're based off fifth edition. I would say Solasta is more true to 5th edition in good ways and bad ways. Yeah. In that, like, um, I think one of the biggest changes is, like, trap kits don't break or you don't use tra- or uh, lockpicking kits, which was a, which is real dumb in Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, that I hope they fix that. Because that just makes no sense, like, mechanic game-wise, because they're not usable. Like, if you fail, they shouldn't just break. That's dumb. Yeah. Maybe then, they'll change that in between because they're an early, Baldur's Gate three is in early access right now, so hopefully they change yeah. that between now and full release. Maybe they will. It it seems like something that should be changed. But I would or at say least combat just... works better in Baldur's Gate three because they streamlined some things. They've definitely streamlined combat for better than it did in Solasta because Solasta is very much feels like fifth edition where I run up, I hit, oh, I rolled a seven, miss, all right, next person. <laughs> yeah. In Baldur's Gate 3, you can at least, like, there's some stuff you can finesse and you can shove people and shit, and, like, yeah. that's all there to make it feel less punishing for getting a low roll on the die. Yeah, and I think that's why, I swear we'll wrap this up after this, um, Baldur's Gate 3 allows you to jump as a bonus action, which is a free disengage, mm-hmm. which... Which completely breaks has the game. some implications. Which completely bre- like free. Don't get me about the free disengage. Hey man, I, I don't know what you're talking game. about. Free disengage is great, but it's not free. It costs you a class feature to yeah. get. <laughs> you have to level up and spec into that. This is just something that. everyone has. <laughs> Baldur's yeah. Gate Three. It's objectively 
not as good to be a rogue because everyone gets the free disengage. To be fair, that was specifically also something that I uh, classed well, into. He got the, so he, okay, to be no. real, Nitz, rogues get cunning action. Let's let them use a dodge or a disengage action as a bonus action. Nick took the mobile feat for his character, which after running 10, which means after running 10 feet and hitting someone or trying to hit someone, he gets a free disengage on that person specifically. Oh, so if he's surrounded, he's fucked. Yes. Yeah, so if he runs into three people and only attacks one of them, the other two people in that situation will get attacks of opportunity against. Charlie, However, isn't, because isn't it... he, like because Nick's the rogue, he's not going to do that. Charlie, isn't it crazy that I've literally never run into the middle of a fight? I just go to the outskirts and stab. <laughs> that's that's fair. And thank you for listening to that section of our D and D podcast. <laughs> um, I would say mobile feet's very good. Run, monk. Because uh, then you also get your unarmed movement. So currently, I have a 13th level monk who can run 120 feet a turn, getting free disengages on people he hits. <laughs> Gross. Can't you also run on water in that build? Yeah, when you get high enough in the monk, you can run up walls and run on run on water and shit. Gross. Yeah. All right. Charlie. I just got him a pair of boots that gives him wall climb. <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> Charlie, what have you been up to? Uh, nothing. Cool. Um, again, I've been trying to go on walks, and it's been gloomy as fuck for the last week. Yeah, there was that one nice day. Yeah, and I took a walk that day. That's uh, about it. To go walk. I think you're just not meant to go on walks. Yeah, no, this is this is the universe telling me to stay home and eat pie. <laughs> pie specifically. Okay, well, I should I should explain. Um, my girlfriend and I watched the Great Canadian Baking Show, which is the Canadian version of the Great British Bake Off. I don't know why they changed the names. Well, they changed the name first of the British show on Netflix. They changed yeah. the Great British Baking Show, which I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but we watched all three seasons that are out on Netflix for that. And I was like, damn, I want to make a pie. Know what people never sell? Raspberry pie. I should make myself a raspberry pie. Oh, yeah. No one, no one I live with <laughs> likes raspberry pie. So I made it like last week. There is a half slice left and I'm going to eat it tomorrow. And it's going to be me eating a whole pie. Yeah, if you fine. add strawberry to that, I'm sure Nick would love some. Oh God! <laughs> Please don't kill me. Doesn't that doesn't that kill the Nick? <laughs> yes, yeah, it probably doesn't kill. I, I've also never gotten that allergy tested. I just know that my throat likes to be closed when I when I eat this. Yeah, so eat an entire slice of strawberry pie, and we'll <laughs> learn. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how you test allergies. <laughs> we'll quickly figure it out. <laughs> All right, let's go into the TV guide. All right, TV guide for this episode. Wait, sorry, the what guide? TV. David, does that sound weird to you? TV. Uh, no, it sounds fine. Hey, your voice says yes. <laughs> TV guy. Walter He's just Royals. going like TV. TV. Okay, Charlie, let him say it. <laughs> so, for the TV guy for this episode, Walter, Broyles, and Astrid scramble for answers when Peter and Olivia become trapped in a Boston office building that's been quarantined by the Centers for Disease Control <laughs> because of a deadly virus. Amen. <laughs> between office and building <laughs> i was like oh it doesn't have to be building in there and then i was like no it's in the tv guide i gotta say the word oh <laughs> the pause was long enough they were like oh nick's thinking about something right now <laughs> think about this delicious food uh yeah so we're still in the let's develop uh peter and walter a little bit more mini arc um also kind of the x-files arc as we could call it mm-hmm all these... I will say, um, like many episodes of television I've watched uh, during the pandemic, 
anytime a pandemic comes up, I cringe. Oh, yeah, shit. This is this episode is such like hurts my soul because of what's happening right now. Yeah, uh, a, a potentially deadly virus is unleashed, and people are forced to quarantine, and they're not happy about it. And they're really not happy about it. And no one's wearing masks. <laughs> no one's wearing and masks would actually help in the situation. The only people wait, sorry, sorry. Uh Astrid and Walter put on those full body suits at one point. <laughs> yeah. And, they have and Walter the, takes it they off. They have the crew. Uh okay, well let's get let's get started with a courier with that you know he's a bike courier because he has the one pant leg rolled up to show off his tattoo. <laughs> He also has like a weird necklace and he's definitely like not dressed up to be like in an office building, but he's going up to like the fancy looking office. Yeah, he's he like, like oh, runs, this is a courier. <laughs> he runs in and he like stops the elevator and there's already a guy in the elevator and the guy's like, what floor? I don't know why I did Russian. He has like a German accent. Well, he's from the Netherlands. Oh, sorry. He has a Dutch accent. Yeah. Um, And it's like, oh, we're going to the same floor and the guy's like sweating. And the courier's like, hey, man, are you okay? Because you very clearly look sick and should probably not be around people. Hint, <laughs> hint, Americans <laughs> and a shocking amount of Canadians. Uh, and then some blood comes out of his nose and, you know, like, well, like that's Just like a nosebleed. Like, not, like, <laughs> yeah. the way saying blood comes out of his nose sounds like it's a faucet. It's just like a nosebleed. Yeah, and then he very shakily takes, like, a handkerchief out of his shirt. And dabs his nose in like the most geriatric way possible. Have you ever been like that sick before, Charlie? Like, and had I, I to don't... go and do something? No, because whenever I get that sick, I don't do shit. I remember. I sit uh, in bed. I think in third year of university, I got pneumonia um, the week after my partner dumped me. And oh, it was midterms. Yeah. And I had a math midterm that I had to go to. Because it was, was gonna the be next like, day. I was going to be like, third year? You lived with me then. And then <laughs> Second was, half of third year. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. And I had a midterm I had to go to, and I was had pneumonia. And I was like, I'm like, I remember that night not being able to study because I was so sick. I couldn't like think properly. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. But if you've ever had like pneumonia, you know that it fills your lungs with fluid, and then you lie on your back, and then all the fluid settles, and then you start coughing. <clears throat> Because you're drowning. Yeah. And so then you have to sit up. But I couldn't like I was so and I was like by myself in my dorm room at that time. And so I just sat on my floor and cried until like it was time to go do my exam. (laughs) Oh, no. So I just David, I'm so sorry for like five hours, and then did my ex- they woke up, did my exam weekly, went to the uh, like hospital, <laughs> walking clinic to get some meds, that and was, then just to knock me out. That and was just, signals, like, wasn't it? Um, I think it was signals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was signals. It, it, yes, it was. It was a real bad time. I mean, you were. Well um, I did not to pass. Get I did not pass that midterm. No, that was the final. Oh, this was, was the midterm. Right. I did not pass that midterm. You didn't pass that midterm? Oh, no. Uh, dude, I had, had pneumonia. pneumonia. That's fair. But also, don't you would have accepted that as a response? <laughs> I, the problem was I came I came down of it, like, literally, like, the night before. Like, it was all, like, it was, like, it was, too, and I was already, like, in a bad mindset because of the breakup. Like, I wasn't thinking properly. I was just like, yeah. I'm just gonna do the midterm. I'm just gonna get it over with. Then I can be dead to the world for, like, a couple days. Yep. But that was, uh, yeah, I so I was getting heavy flashbacks to that while watching this guy. <laughs> just like, yeah, like him the, the, trying his best to just 
be normal while suffering. Like I the closest think... to that that I have is like I remember I went to the I went to the dentist one time and I must have had the flu and it came on like really heavy as soon as I got to the dentist. Because um, I remember like walking out, going your down, body was like, like clean the area. back down. The elevator was spinning the entire time that it was descending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that when I made it to the bottom, I immediately had to run to the nearest bathroom and just vomit all over the place. Oh, it was God. great. <laughs> I think I think the sickest I have ever been must have been I was like twelve or thirteen, and I just I suddenly broke out in this fever one day, and I like woke up and I was like I don't feel well. My parents were like Ah, oh, you don't look good. I guess you can stay home from school. And I went to bed that night, and like my side was super itchy. But whenever I touched it, it hurt like someone was stabbing my kidneys. Oh. <laughs> specifically like if it was on yeah my, like specifically I, in like that region yeah it, wherever I, it like the itch it was just located on one spot and i was like this don't feel good ma and she looks at it, and she's <laughs> like oh you got a really bad rash there okay well we'll see if it goes away and like i was off school for a full week and it was like friday and they're like we should take you to the walk-in clinic and eh, walk-ins closed we have to wait till like sunday or monday or whatever because walk-ins have weird hours and then we go into the walk-in clinic, and I've been sick for better part of a week, probably more than a week at this point. And we get in there, and the doctor looks at me. He goes, "Oh yeah, um, you have shingles." Ooh. Oh god! <laughs> and I kind of looked at my dad, and I was like, "Cause again, like I'm like thirteen, like twelve to fourteen, so I know what shingles is, and I know it's the old person disease." And I'm like, "Excuse you, me, <laughs> you know what it is enough to be incredulous?" Because <laughs> we're both like. Isn't that some like seventy year old skit? And he's like, "Yeah, it can happen when you're young." Um, Doesn't that open and... you up to worse shingles in the future? Yes, yes. Isn't it does. one of those diseases? It yeah, does. That sucks. That's and, unfortunate. Well, he was like, he was like, normally I would prescribe you this fairly expensive medicine, but you have health insurance, so it would be fine. I would prescribe you this medicine that would like mitigate the symptoms. But at this point, like, it'll go away by the time the meds kick in. So just tough it out. Oh. Oh my Listen, God, Jesus we Christ. live in Canada where we have socialized medicine. Just go to the hospital. <laughs> as soon as things start not looking good, go to the hospital. Uh, it wasn't my decision. Yeah. I know, but like we even have friends our age who are like, nah, it's fine. I'm like, dude, that costs you nothing but time. Man. Just go to the hospital. <laughs> I, I totally remember that time that we weren't worried one of our friends had broken their finger and couldn't get them to go to the hospital. That was great. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, dudes in the elevator. <laughs> I'm back to eating food. Now. Sorry, uh, right? I tangented us. <laughs> you tangented me on the second fucking <laughs> sentence of the wiki. <laughs> on the second sentence, uh, I was just gonna breeze through. Uh, dudes bleeding from the nose. They step out of the elevator. Courier goes to the desk, and she's like, to the old man, she's like, "Hey, you got a sign?" And he's like, "Fuck you, I don't know you." And keeps walking forward, and he just looks like like he is in a flop sweat. He's got like weird bags under his eyes. And then he just straight up collapses and the the courier runs and like, I guess, no CPR. The receptionist mm-hmm. calls 911. Everyone kind of gathers mm-hmm. around. The and dude the on dude... the floor, by the way, has gone like pale, like white, white skin. Like Yeah, like your boy's dead. And the guy does some CPR and he's like, he's dead. And then um, the worst thing in the world happens. <laughs> and then he spasms, sits up, and then explodes. No, you're ignoring the fact that he gets dark 
veiny tendrils coming up all around his face. He convulses and then he spews out like a cloud of blood. Uh, so the wiki describes it as, um, or at least they describe it later in the episode as all of the blood vessels in his face bursting, which oh. I don't think is oh. an accurate enough description for how horrifying that is. I'm like, I'm trying to think of some other popular media that has a similar scene and nothing's coming. This, this doesn't happen. Incredibly unique and incredibly terrifying. <laughs> like, it's uh. incredibly well done. Like, it's a very well done effect. It's just, it's because they made him like, so, like, dead pale as well. That the sudden, yeah. like, veiny, like, texture that appears on the face and then just spewing blood is so horrifying. Uh. And then, well, we cut to happy things. We're at the Boston Children's Science Center. Because, sorry, the a horrifying blood spray is the cold open <laughs> in case you couldn't guess as you do there, um, was there there was a no horror movie scream though right or was there one but we weren't looking at the i, I don't mean think i don't remember because i'm trying to block it from my memory <laughs> fair enough um we then cut to the boston children's science center where astrid goes up to the front desk and is like hi i'm looking for someone who's lost and the guy's like ah yes what grade are they in <laughs> and she's like no, no, he's a uh, he's an old man, and they go ah, so a special needs individual. And she's like, yeah, you have no idea. And then we see Walter giving a lecture about some boat crash, I think. In no, the- it was Magellan. It was Magellan, dude. I I don't know this. Um, I- David, you want to explain it? Or you want me to explain it? <laughs> you can you can take this, Nick. Magellan, uh, first person to sail all the way around the world, slash first European to, we'll say. Um, believe that term is called circumnavigate. Yes. The first one to circumnavigate the globe. Um, did it all by boat, and most of the most of the uh, crew died for obvious reasons. Because they did not know about vitamins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will leave that as European, because I, <laughs> I am there sure was it was done before. probably some random Viking who did it. Like, yeah, I don't know if Vikings had the technology to circumnavigate. Well, the Vikings made it to North America. The Vikings first. made it to North America in a longboat in a basically a big canoe. It's ridiculous. And they lived there for a good while before they were chased off by the natives who weren't stricken by plague, so they were able to fight them off. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. There's a difference between jumping from like Scandinavia, possibly launching off of what is now Spain and Portugal. And landing in North America to circumnavigation. Yeah. I will say the Pacific yeah. Ocean is bigger. Yeah. But still. Anyways, we're we're getting beside the point here. Uh it's a it's a very depressing lecture that he's giving to to these uh to these kids. And it's essentially, <laughs> hey, um, you might die in the name of science, but don't worry, because it will all be for progress. Uh, I, don't worry, I think, you still I th- contribute, even in death. I think we need to phrase the dis- like I think we need to give context to the discussion. He's phrasing it to children as, you look under your bed and you see a monster and scream and are eaten. But don't worry, your cries of terror alert your siblings to not get eaten by that monster. And these are like seven-year-olds. I mean, kids gotta learn someday. (laughs) Best way to learn. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) And then a teacher from the school that the class is listening to Walter is like, excuse me, do you even work here? I'm like, you didn't stop him five sentences ago when he talked about horrifying death at the hands of scurvy? Yeah, that one's historical. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) They'll learn about that, or they should be learning about that in two more years. Exactly. Pioneer times, fun times. (laughs) 
<laughs> Eat your citrus, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, um, it's fine. They're, Astrid's going to pick up a Walter, but we, at the yeah. same time, we get to uh, move over to the office building where Peter and Olivia have arrived to start investigating this weird, weird death. And surprisingly, the CDC wasn't called. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I don't, I don't understand how anyone is allowed inside that office building. Well, I mean, we're living so, in different times now. Yeah, they should have just immediately called the CDC. <laughs> dude starts like, hey, blood. what happened? Oh, well, we thought the dude was dead, and then some veins came up his face. He convulsed, and a bunch of shit sprayed out of his mouth. We think it was blood. All right, zombies, time to nuke that. <laughs> well, yeah, and City immediately you go, huh, we don't know what he died of. He just collapsed and looked ill and then expued bodily fluids onto a crowd of people. Nah, we should be good. <laughs> um, but hey, at the same time, the uh, courier has um, went to the went to the bathroom to go wash wash up from the, the CPR he was doing earlier, and his nose is starting to bleed as well. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't seem particularly pleased about it. Yeah, and then, um, well, Olivia called Walter and Astrid. So Walter and Astrid are talking to Bros in front of the building, and um, Bros is like, "There's a 50 year old dude. We think he's from the Netherlands. Uh, his veins ruptured." And Walter's like, "Oh, it could be this from high blood pressure." And they're like, well, "Bros is like, is it normal for that for him to like explode like that?" And Walter's like, "No, but I assume that's why you called us." <laughs> It's probably it's probably he's just a microwave again. Uh, yeah, you know, or he had a doll that melted his bones. Whatever. <laughs> that uh, was but, season one, right? I'm remembering this chronology. Oh wait, what doll that melted was. his bones? I don't think it was. So someone gets a doll that sprays powder and it dissolves their bones. Nope, chicken that's wings? definitely not that's, season that's, one. No, Walter. Se- Walter wants some chicken wings, and then he dissolves the bones on the chicken wing. Um, no, no bells no. are ringing. <laughs> Literally no bells, Charlie. I swear to God, I'm not crazy. Yeah, we'll find out later. Uh, but getting back to this, uh, they I start to walk that. into the building. They start to walk into the building here. Uh, and um, all of a sudden, the courier's like at, at the door and trying to get out. Um, and Walter's the only one who's smart enough to go like, no, 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 you don't get to leave the building. Uh, it's not how this even works. There should well, have Broyles, been. Broyles is even going to open the door for the dude. Like, Yeah. <laughs> And, Walter like and Walter holds just it. slams the door shut, like no, don't. And then Courier dude gets veins on his face. It explodes. I believe it's even referred to in the episode as spews. Yeah, because you guys are saying explode. It's just a very fine mist of blood coming out of him. Like think of whatever like demon biblical action horror movie you've seen and people like shoot flies out of their mouths think of that but like finer and red yeah 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 it's not okay yeah no that's, that's no matter how i describe it it's not okay and walter's like you need to lock the building there's a pathogen inside he just tried to spread it and oh no walt uh peter and olivia come downstairs and they're like Oh no, but Peter and Olivia will be locked in. And Walter's like, you have to do it, Agent Broyles. Then they lock them inside. And, and there's um, the premise of the episode. Yep. Hey, time to call the CDC. Surprisingly, this is when we do it. Um, we we have a bottle episode, question mark? Basically? Not. There are other sets, though. I would say a bottle episode only counts if there's like two sets. Well, then no. But <laughs> <laughs> this is as close to a bottle episode as... Fringe has gotten. A show like Fringe will get. I mean, they with- could do an entire episode in one set. Look. But they don't need to with their budget. Yeah. Yeah. 
bottle episodes usually arise from pilots. the fact that jeez yeah bottle episodes arise from the fact that you have no money yeah and with this as being the closest to a bottle episode the uh vfx are still very good in it so there's that yeah they <laughs> definitely had money <laughs> Uh, but hey, uh, CDC have arrived, Peter and Olivia have started locking down, uh, the building told everyone you're not allowed to leave. Um, we got to figure out if this is a pathogen. Um, and, and everyone we... is totally on board and supportive of this yes. out of concern for the greater public health, right? Yes, of course. Um, they've all already <laughs> realized that they will need to die for the cause, um, and have decided someone, it is fine. Someone pulled out surgical masks. <laughs> to try and if if they're not infected or if they are infected to reduce transmission of this potentially airborne thing right that's what responsible human beings do yes of course and they listen to the broader scientific community on guidelines to follow listen all i'm gonna say is the cdc doesn't do itself any favors in this episode uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm I don't know what you're talking about. The CDC performs fine this episode. The CDC was ready to just end everything. The CDC was in the right. That's that's a... Hmm. Don't even risk the weird fentanyl gas. Just... We'll get there. We'll get there. Just Anyways, burn the um, building down. Walter, so... So we're outside. Um, Walter bursts into the, like, bubble tent that the CDC has made. Oh, yeah. That all of their people have, like, you know, are in full hazmat suits. Um, and are c- collecting samples, and Walter just bursts in as like, I need half of those samples to take back to my lab to go and synthesize this. And they're like, um, who are you? And promptly gets arrested. <laughs> Surprisingly, he gets arrested for this. Um, and um, we... Yeah, but uh, Olivia has split the people in the office into two groups, those who were uh, around the dead Dutchman and those who weren't. Um, and again, they're totally cooperative in this. There's no fighting back. There's no Oh, but I wasn't around him. I can't be sick. Yada, yada, yada. Bullshit. This is a fake virus. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to Don't let it control your promoted. lives. You're trying to prevent me from getting promoted to president of this company. Mm, I am. No, no more commentary. Commentary, commentary, commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, in a video game. Hypothetically. <laughs> Damn, these are some tough questions. I'm going to walk out now. <laughs> in a video game uh, topical 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 allegedly 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 <laughs> david and i have the right idea here charlie's going the wrong way uh, again oh he's, he's watching these episodes like that deal pandemic hurts my soul yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's very painful i i don't know when the next time we're going to get a pandemic or virus plot line in a popular show again it's gonna be a while <clears throat> well it's like just... as as a oh man this is happening we're already getting a sitcom where it's living in covid times well, and... superstore is coming back as well and it looks like their new season is just like coronavirus related yeah well, well like, we're shows are gonna fictional pandemic yeah shows are gonna do hey this is this is life now so we're gonna look we're relatable instead of escapism you have to live in this now okay, but how long do you think shows are going to be in the uh, pandemic mindset uh how long before a plane has hit a major skyscraper on Ooh. a television movie show oh man Ooh. i can't i, I love Le- that one's getting legitimate cut. comparison uh, <laughs> like, legitimate I comparison it, i think uh, it's gonna have the same lasting cultural um impact mm-hmm. yeah i would agree this is i was talking to my parents the other day but like this is such a big thing that's never going to be like p- 
people are going to be 80 and talking to their grandchildren about, I remember in my senior year of high school, like, I couldn't do anything because of the pandemic. So oh, you're lucky to get a prom. It's important to recognize that, these, that this has about a hundred year, like, history between, like, major pandemics that we've had. And it's yeah, likely yeah. that in 2120, um, if humans are still doing things at that point, that there will be another one um, sometime within, like, 75 to 125 years from now. But no, people are going to be talking about this for a while. Like just the, especially the kids who are yes. like about to go off to uni or like doing their first year of uni, and this is how they're getting to do it. Like this is going like, to stick in their minds for the rest of their lives. You're gonna have you're gonna have an entire generation of parents. So like say like ten years from now, where their kids are going to go, okay, I'm going to this huge field party, and the parents are going to have to take a second and go. No, it's okay to do that now. Well, my so my or niece, as a society, we're gonna go no groupings larger than like fifteen ever. Well, my niece. Well, I don't think we're gonna do that. But that's like, not gonna happen. My niece, <laughs> who's like two or two two now, um, already knows that other people are a no go. My that's mom be was weird. babysitting the development for a on while. that side is weird. Yeah, my yeah. mom was babysitting for a while, and they went to a park. And then they saw like other children were coming and my mom was like, yeah. And so you're uh, like, she just got up and went, oh, no, people and started packing up her things. Like, we got to go. Oh, that's 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 really sad. And it's like there's another issue. She's aware of a second park and uh, they went to the first park because she likes this park more. And then she turned to my my mom and was like, "Okay, second park time or something. I mean, you're. Your sister and brother-in-law can be happy that they're raising a very empathetic individual. She's very smart. They my my sister-in-law is crazy because they're doing like she's limited. My niece is limited to like to thirty minutes of screen time max a day. Well, they started is, out with no screens when she's in the room, right? Yeah, at all. Like no screen. No one's allowed to be on a screen when she was a uh, like less than Birth one. And now to like she's one. Yeah, and now she's allowed thirty minutes of cartoons or something, but only half an hour, and the rest of it is no screens at all, which is crazy. Like she's the smartest child I've ever met. met. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. She speaks in full sentences, like That's not impressive. even baby talk, just like regular full sentences, and she like remembers things and like will make promises. Be like, no, you promised this. To-. Like, yes, she's two, and I'm like, what's wrong with you, child? <laughs> You're like, shit, she has a functional memory. I can't lie to this child anymore. <laughs> I was like talking to my sister, like, you're, you need to rot your kid's brain more of television. <laughs> this is not, she's going to be, she's going to be arguing with you constantly soon. But David, just, just wait until she's old enough to get like longer screen time. And then you just get to feed her all the anime you want. Oh, my sister's already going to do that. What do you mean? <laughs> all um, right. Back in, back into the episode here. Uh. We get um, we get a couple scenes yeah, of sort of Walter, like back and forth. Yeah, Walter's arrested, and the uh, CDC head guy on site, who is Dexter's dad from Dexter. Cool. Ooh. I'm pretty sure if anyone remembers that show, remember when that was edgy TV? <laughs> Ugh, now it's all incest. Wait, what? Uh, I I don't need to get into that. Um, I'm saying Game of, Game of Thrones has changed what is oh, considered edgy TV. Okay. Uh, I, I thought I'm that saying, like I thought that Dexter got like really incesty for some reason. I oh, didn't no, want to know about no. that. <laughs> no, it was like, oh man, protagonist is a serial killer. Wow. And, yeah. Um. But yeah, so we then cut back in. So Walter, the fish, the fortunately, Broyles does you know get Walter out of being arrested, um, and does convince them that like, hey, Walter's kind of important, um. 
and uh, Walter gets his samples and tells one of the people, you go with him uh, to the lab uh, to figure out what's happening with these samples. Uh, but we come Walter back in. Does, does flex a little bit being like, oh, I was chairman of biochem at Harvard. I ain't got no time for bureaucrats. All I'm going to say is that's not really a flex because it's the, this on is the other the side. CDC. Is... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone at the CDC was like, so was I. <laughs> like, we've all been offered that position. <laughs> We're here instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we then cut back into uh, the office building and uh, we notice that the receptionist isn't doing super well right now. Um, she's bleeding out of her nose and does not seem particularly pleased, um, and is freaking out because she's like, I didn't come in contact with any of the blood or anything like that. I don't know what happened. And of course, everyone acts super calm and is very okay with this, uh, turn of events. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, they sep they separate her and isolate her from the rest of the group and then go and get her water. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad you guys are being so compassionate and like touching this clearly infected person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Instead of here's, here's a blanket, go into that room. We'll, we'll put Buy water yourself. at the door for you soon. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then Olivia talks to, uh, one of the office people. He's high up in the company and was like, why the fuck was this guy here? Uh, his name is like Vander Kemp or something. And the guy's like, he was there to illegally sell us information on a competitor. I understand I'm breaking a bunch of laws, but I don't want to die here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like telling you everything I know, I swear. It's like something about some new oil reserve because they're an energy company. Yeah. Um, they're a, pet like, they're I, a petrol company. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what competitor it was, but he said it was valuable. They're supposed to be for work, but he showed up late. And he's like, I would rather um go to prison then die of this so like i'm explicitly telling a federal agent about my felonies and then the cdc has set up quarantine um around the building and yeah uh no one no one's getting in or out at this point um, is it weird that like seeing a building in quarantine isn't scary anymore if anything it's comforting <laughs> you're like ah good they're segregated from the population Ooh. the worst thing that the worst trope i think that the pandemic has ruined is the trope of like the super prepared government agency that is there to take oh, care of things that, that swoops in is like we've been tracking this for months <sighs> yeah we like, know what to that, do <laughs> that's like nope doesn't exist never mind super <laughs> unrealistic Turns out the government really doesn't have authority, apparently doesn't have authority to do that much, and it's all about to the population to follow those guidelines. Like, in, what, do you remember The Division, those series of games? Yeah. Like, that's, just like, that's why you... society fell apart, is because there is a, there is, like, an illness that went around, and nobody fucking listened. Well, just like, even like, um, what's the, send drillers to the asteroid to destroy the asteroid movie? Like, oh um oh god it's either called like it's not deep impact because that was the other yeah. one um but like that movie like even that movie like they find the asteroid and then immediately the government's like on it like doing stuff and i'm like that wouldn't happen <laughs> the government would deny that the asteroid exists and then until it's too late uh armageddon is the word yeah the movie you're thinking of also anecdote from that my favorite little story from that is someone went to because that's is that Michael Bay? Yeah, oh. it's it's a Michael Bay movie. Someone went up to Michael Bay. It might have even been Bruce Willis. But someone went up to him and was like, hey, Michael, why don't the drillers train the astronauts how to drill instead of the astronauts training the drillers how to be astronauts? And Michael Bay went, 
because I fucking said so. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went back to making the movie. That's really good. And I'm uh, like, yeah, okay. All right, back to our episode. I will drag us back into it again. All right, Nick, uh, please, please. It's, it's, we've been recording for almost an hour. <laughs> I'm trying my best, I swear. Uh, <laughs> we get an update from Broyles um, after Olivia shared her information. I uh, get an update that uh, it looks like uh, Vanden Camp, uh, the plane that he was on, no one else got sick. Hotel he stayed in, nobody else got sick. They don't know where this came, like where this came from or when he got in contact, but it seems like this is the only place where there's been a transmission at all. So hey, look at them doing good contact tracing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, they they don't really know. But at this point, it's like we don't know what's going on. Hopefully Walter does. Speaking of Walter, let's go over to the lab right now, um, where they're uh, trying to isolate the sample by centrifuging it. Um, and my favorite thing that I noticed with the centrifuge is the CDC guy puts the sample in the centrifuge and then doesn't counterbalance it. Ooh. <laughs> Even I know that's bad. Well, and so he's like, just... damn, the sample doesn't work. I'm like, I'm glad the sample didn't throw the, the centrifuge over. Yeah. Also, I, just the idea a... that you can separate a virus from a sample using a centrifuge. Like, you can separate lots of things, and, like, maybe this is one of those magical viruses that you can't, but this sample was too weak, so you couldn't. Um, they but- do this. I did like this part of the episode where Walter is explaining, like, oh, I got to find the personality of the virus. And Astrid's, like, kind of incredulous, like, oh, viruses can't think on their own. And then they kind of present it as, like, fringe stuff, but nah, it's real. <laughs> where it's like, oh, no, rabies gives you hydrophobia because water can fuck with the rabies virus so like technically incorrect no um you get hydrophobia so uh being hydrated helps fight the rabies virus just because you're hydrated uh because rabies gives you lots of saliva so really the dehydration can uh, weaken your immune system yep makes sense uh the hydrophobia comes from rabies causes you to spaz and sort of tense all your muscles and so swallowing things really hurts and so that's where the aversion to water comes from, because attempting to get them to swallow things causes them intense pain. That makes sense. It's not really like it's not really they're trying to get rid of the water. It's they don't want to swallow anything. Fair, but mm-hmm. still a, yeah. a surprisingly synergistic uh, symptom. <laughs> yes. Um, um, but yeah, they kind of like, oh yeah, this stuff, and they're like, oh, Walter's like, I know it seems crazy, and I'm like, no, that's real though. <laughs> Uh, we do okay. learn that because this virus can't be centrifuged, uh, it obviously isn't airborne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm like, hmm, so it's too small to be centrifuged? Obviously that it can't travel through the air. Makes sense. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, if anything, it's the opposite. <laughs> hey, David, it's the same way that like uh, fabric masks are useless against oh. the- the large COVID virus, but are bad enough that it's causing deoxygenation. Oxygenation. I can't say the word. It's cutting off oxygen supply to children, even though that's been disproven like a thousand times. I'm sorry. Uh, I have a lot of rage about this because hey. I have a crazy cousin who posts this shit on Facebook all the time. Hey, I'm going to try and drag us back into the episode again because uh, <laughs> never. We've we, we've been. Uh, this is tangents enough COVID. Forever. This is, this is, no, it's not. If they're different tangents, it's fine. But <laughs> same tangent forever. No, it's just the, that's just the episode. Topical we got to get past humor. it. Uh, back into the office building and back into the the spooky quarantine zone. 
Um, Peter and Olivia are sharing a, a very nice moment, mostly, uh, until our receptionist looks all spooky and is completely fine and walking around again. Um, and Olivia and Peter are like, that's not okay. She can't be doing that. Um, we gotta go get her back into that isolation spot that she was supposed to stay in. Uh, and nope, she doesn't want to do that. Um, Peter finds her in the lobby, um, and tries to, tries to get to her. And she, uh, dives out of one of the, like, windows. (laughs) Well, she screams, pushes past Peter. He falls onto the now deceased, uh, Vanderkemp. Vandenkemp. Oh, sorry, yes, Vandenkemp. And then, yeah, takes uh, a headfirst dive through the window, which this is like the second tall office building we've seen that allows a human body, like human body weight, to break a window. Just right through the window. They're they're old buildings, man. So quickly. They're they're old buildings. Um, But hey, the um, massive dynamic building. But hey, you want to know what's like what doesn't break? The sunroof that she lands on. Yeah, she lands on, like, some van or something. No, she lands on one of the CDC vans. <laughs> yeah, a van or something. <laughs> that is a van or something. Yeah. Charlie is correct. Um, and... <laughs> you piece of shit, Nick. <laughs> oh, fuck off, guys. Uh... <laughs> and yeah, uh, Broyles, Broyles obviously gives them a call. Uh, and it's like, hey, the fuck is going on up there? Uh, I gotta spray all this goop on this woman now. Uh... <laughs> Oh, because uh, yeah, um, we 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 look we look outside. They're they're spraying a lot of foam on this on this woman because she hopped she hopped out the window and then still was able to give the death breath of blood. Uh, <laughs> death breath of blood. Uh, yeah, and then we see Peter trying to wash all the the dead man's blood off of him, and he's kind of freaking out, which is fair because he's probably infected at this point. And Olivia's kind of panicked too because obvious reasons. And Peter's like. Well, no one's been able to search the body because we didn't want anyone to get infected. But if I'm probably infected, I can go search the body. I'll just go search the body. It's fine now. Which, I <laughs> and mean, then, makes sense. Yeah. And then digs around, finds his car keys, and, hey, using his con man past, is like, hey, if you're trying to sell something valuable, you never bring it with you to the meeting. Well, you if you're trying to sell it. something illegal, you, you keep it in a neutral territory. Yeah. And somehow gets the keys out, yep. even though, like, they just kind of skip all past, I guess, the decontamination of put these keys in the box. Let <laughs> us lock the box. Let us disinfect <laughs> the box. Yeah, just understand that it happened, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they there. then there's some CDC guys uh, in their biohazard suits uh, opening the trunk of Vandenkamp's car and find a weird briefcase. Um, I mean, it's not a weird briefcase. It's a briefcase. It's a weird briefcase because what's inside it? Um, <laughs> All right, I'll so, give you that one. So yeah, they um, bring it in, uh, and um, it's they start looking inside of it, and under a microscope, they notice that this drill sample from this this exploratory oil dig um, is what was causing the virus. Like it's where the virus came from, and they're like, that doesn't in- interesting. This isn't good. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, they, they've they've got it down on the microscope. They they have determined what was the virus, and I guess isolated it from all of this too. Yeah. Um. And again, I, I mentioned at the beginning this is the X Files arc. I'm pretty sure something like this is an X Files episode. Most likely. Like season one or two X Files. Yeah. Is the premise for this episode is very familiar. Yeah. I I swear I've seen this, but with Mulder and Scully. 
Uh, but hey, the other thing that we learn um, is that Walter has a theory that, you know, you know how uh, rabies makes you hydrophobic. Uh, he's pretty sure this virus um, doesn't like being contained. Uh, <laughs> the virus makes you a no-masker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on track, back on track, back on track. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, um, it is similar. I did find it. It is season one, episode eight, called Ice of X-Files. Um, uh, Mulder and Scully investigating about the death of an Alaskan research team. Isolated and alone, the agents and their accompanying team discover the existence of extraterrestrial parasitic organisms that drive their hosts into impulsive fits of rage. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's like a pretty common sci-fi thing. Like Doctor Who did it as well that one time. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But that was on Mars and was terrifying. It was, it was a good episode. <laughs> uh, Still don't like that episode. Oh, that was great. Um, like I like the episode, but it's unsettling. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, they uh, realize that this is probably a uh, very very old virus, um, and Walter's able to estimate just about how deep this core sample was taken from. Um, well, no, he he's he asked how deep the core sample was, and then estimates the time frame. Yes, he's like, I asked if it was ten miles deep. It's probably from seventy five thousand years ago. Um, which I don't know about that one. Um, uh, if in certain areas, like you can, they do carbon like yeah. atmospheric readings in the Arctic based on how far down in the snow layers they go. Um, do they say where the it would help if they said where the core sample was from, but I don't I'm I'm remember. assuming it's it's from some Arctic area. Um It would have to be. Walter Walter mentions that um hey, this was prob this might have been what wiped out all those Ice Age mammals. Uh which you would think that this would have been dug up in some frozen sample of like a mammoth or something. Yep, hey, that maybe that's where it's from. That the oil was from the mammoth. <laughs> they dug through a mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oil it's oil mammoth steak and deadly plague <laughs> delicious um but hey uh the good news is walter can by himself make a make a screen so he can determine who has this and who doesn't um but it's gonna take him longer to figure out a cure uh so let's hope that no one important has this hint, yeah hint. Uh, uh and then the cdc guy is like get me state and get me authorization for level six eradication <laughs> and the aides like level six sir and he goes, yes, we can't risk this getting out. Level six. <laughs> and they, 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 they don't expand on what level six is for a while. No. Retention. Um, <laughs> but they, Walter and Astrid don some hazmat suits and go inside to do tests. And it's, I don't know why it's set up. It would never be set up like this. There'd be more people. But um, they give the person a Q-tip tell them to swab their cheek and then dip it in a solution and shake it if it's amber they're clear if it's black they're infected <laughs> they dead <laughs> i don't know why walter isn't just being like come here let me swab your cheek in case you're for some reason too dumb to swab your own cheek or, or in case in you're case peter. <laughs> peter infected and do, does the most obvious sleight of hand in the world because <laughs> the, the q-tips are double-sided and so Peter swabs his cheek and then brings it down in front of him and very obviously spins it around <laughs> and hands Walter, who is conveniently looking the other way, the obviously dry Q-tip end. And then also, well, Walter has gloves on, so he, he can't realize that the other side's wet. So I'm just saying, you could look at that and go, hmm, I would expect this to be wet. <laughs> 
it's but not hey, wet. Um, oh, look, the other end is wet. Oh, look, Peter's infected. Instead, that don't happen, and him and Olivia are considered not infected. Yeah, along with uh, our, our other reasonably mainish character from this episode. Uh, oh, um, insider trading guy? Yes. Who, he, he's declared clear, and Olivia goes, we'll be in touch. <laughs> you caused this. <laughs> like, like he's not going to step outside and then immediately be arrested. Um, but yeah, uh, Peter passes the uh, test by obviously lying, uh, we'll say. Um, not the first time he's ever done that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're told, okay, all the people that are not infectious can, uh, can leave now um, and start walking out. Olivia gets outside, turns around to keep the door open for Peter. Peter's nose is very much bleeding. Uh, okay, this is another issue is they have some armed guards there and they're like checking everyone and they get to Peter and they go, stop, he's bleeding from the nose. He's infected. And I'm like, that that tipped you off? Not the fact he looks like absolute shit? Hey, you don't know. Maybe you just had a bad burrito. Not the fact that he is pale in a flop sweat and has big <laughs> bags underneath his eyes. Really that bad did, burrito. That didn't tip you off? Two but yeah, they, burritos. <laughs> They hold him back, and he's like, no, I just gotta get outside, and the veins start coming up on his face. Fortunately, yeah. he then doesn't explode. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Walter, uh, Peter is Peter is stuck inside. He is very much infected, and um, they are not letting him out. Um, and he's like, we cut to commercial, and we come back, and Olivia is like in front of the building, and Peter's like banging, like, I'm fine, I just have to get out. That be Olivia, please. And he goes through like begging, bargaining to rage. Yeah, I really thought they were gonna have him start like bashing his forehead on the door. Yeah, if he wasn't, but, if he wasn't a main character, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, just go from one of the upstairs uh, windows. Apparently, those are made of sugar glass. Yep, unlike this one. Uh, hey, not not in about ten minutes. Um, Astrid, Olivia calls Astrid and is like, "Hey, Peter's infected." Walter's like, "Excusa, what the fuck?" How did he? Um, how did he like cheat the system? Was it when he turned his <laughs> Q-tip upside down? Crazy! I thought he just did both sides, <laughs> like any normal um, person would. And then outside, Brawls is like, "Excuse me, you're going to do what to the building?" And the CDC guys like, "There was an outbreak in Cambodia of something that killed 7,300 people, and that was level four. This is level six. I like, um, so I like how very, very importantly out of this, they go, "The Chinese did a bad job yes, at controlling yes. it." Again, <laughs> again, this episode hurts my soul. Yeah, it's almost like this has been predicted for years. Yeah. Um. So oh, I lost my train of thought. Um. CDC they, is like, yeah, we're basically just gonna like nuke the building. We're going to burn it to the ground and then burn the remains. Uh, and, um, and they they then give the the most impressive uh chart. <laughs> Or a predictive model of what? Well, look, everyone's going to die, and they have like a heart rate monitor sound in the background as well, <laughs> yeah. and it gets too big and then just flatlines. Yep, it's really good. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we've we've learned. Yeah, no, we can't let anyone out of here that's infected, um, or the the world is dead. Uh, so we're we're just going to murder everyone inside. Um, but yeah. don't worry, all the safe people have gotten taken out, despite the fact that like. If this was this level, I'm pretty sure the CDC wouldn't care whether you were safe or not. If you were in the building, you were... Uh... Yeah, they'd be like, no, we we ain't taking chances. Yeah. Like, we're just gonna nuke it. It's really it's unfortunate cool. that there was, like, a terrorist plot that happened at this building on this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, Man. it's the Fringe universe. I feel like they could have got away with it. Yep. <laughs> Patriot Act. Yeah, that lets us off, right? Yeah. Um, um, Walter takes off his helmet. And Astrid's like, excuse me, what the fuck? And he's like, it's not airborne. It's fine. I'm like, that doesn't... They can sneeze on you. And then Astrid takes off her head. Like, her... What, her uh... I will well. say, I will say, at least Astra's listening to the scientist. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but then, like, the, it's but not then the scientist, but then the scientist with his like mask off, then goes over to the clearly infected dead guy and starts poking him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they pick up the body and carry him off. Yeah, and um, they, yeah, Walter's like, okay, I'm going to save Peter. Um, we can develop a cure here, and. Olivia is like, hey, um, CDC's gonna kill everyone if they're in the building? And Astrid's like, oh no, we'll be fine. And then hangs up. <laughs> they wouldn't kill us. <laughs> We're not infected. Um, so they, Walter starts like, they get to a kitchen or something and I had legitimate fears during this part where Walter is like drawing blood and he's like, okay, what stopped this virus 100,000 years ago? Because like people are still around. Like it wiped off all Earth, but all life on earth apparently but life still continued so what stopped um and they kind of link it back to the magellan thing at the beginning of the episode um and walter's like ah a volcano went off and sulfur ash rained down the virus must be weak to sulfur so he has astrid and the entire time this sounded like bullshit nonsense to me and because we've had like a string of walter lying to astrid for desired effect and he's drawing blood, I legitimately thought he was about to inject himself and infect himself deliberately. Yeah, um, fortunately he doesn't. Uh, instead, he, he realizes, that they, realizes that they have horseradish in the fridge and that's what's going to kill this virus. Um, and I was really hoping he was just going to go feed horseradish to all of the people after this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as it turns out, a solution of horseradish and water um, makes, makes the virus go bye-bye. Yeah. Um, uh, he does also important thing to note. He does say to Astrid, "I can't let Peter die again." again. Yes. Yep. He again David. hits uh, hard there. Yeah. <laughs> David, Astrid... what, thoughts when you heard this? Listen, we've already sen- seen Peter's tombstone. Yeah, I was like, we've already seen Peter's grave. This is just Astrid going, "Hey, uh, that doesn't this make is... sense." But she smartly doesn't actually bring it up at the time. She's like, "We yeah. kind of have other important <laughs> things right now." Yeah. Um. And so outside. The CDC guys is like, okay, um, we'll release a statement after we tell the families that we killed their loved ones. And Broyles or Olivia comes up and is like, hey, Walter developed a cure. We just need 10,000 pounds of horseradish. <laughs> no, but actually they just need to synthesize this synthesize this yeah. drug. And Walter gives a very precise mixture that he just made up on, on yeah. in his head. And he's like, oh, yeah, it should be heated to this. And I'm like, motherfucker, you dumped horseradish, took an eyedropper and put it in the blood. <laughs> Like, it, it doesn't seem that hard. What, what I'm hearing is, if you IV drip horseradish into a person, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the side effects may be turning German, but... I was going to say, all, we'll I was to gonna say all you got to do is get the disinfectant inside the body. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> if you could somehow put disinfectant inside the body and scrub it clean... It'd be fine. I heard uh, sunlight works very well against this... <laughs> Oh no! Right, back on, back on topic. Humor. Back um, on topic. <laughs> uh, so Olivia's like, "Hey, we have a cure," and CDC guys like, uh, "That would take hours to do." And look up there; they're throwing things at the window, and they're not breaking. Peter's slamming a fucking fire extinguisher against this window, and it's not shattering. 
when the body weight of a 110 pound woman did yep hmm um but yeah no they they get the cdc mobilized and they give olivia 15 minutes um to sedate these people because she realizes hey broils is like hey what about fentanyl gas which is insane (laughs) which also hits different since yeah i hope no one forgot about the opioid epidemic yeah no this this episode's got a a lot of navigational uh this episode is aged like milk (laughs) it's not good (laughs) see here's the problem the episode's good but oh man it's hitting on some topics that are uh (laughs) and the truck even rolls up and it's like aerosolized opioid and i'm like oh my god oh no i did hear that right (laughs) uh yeah so they they uh, beginning episode they turned off the ventilation as standard procedure uh, they make a note to have some dialogue about it. So Olivia has 15 minutes to get inside and turn the vents on so that it can disperse. Even though I'm just like, why not just like make some smoke grenades and like send an armed dude in and throw the grenades? Surely that would also work. Yes, of course. <laughs> like, I, I'm i sure you have options here. No, this is, um, this is the only option. <laughs> yeah. So Olivia runs inside the building. And apparently there's 10 minutes between the end of that scene and this one because she gets just into an elevator and Bros is like, hey, you got like, it's been 10 minutes because Bros is like, I could have a fentanyl truck here in 10 minutes. And then the fentanyl <laughs> truck shows up and Olivia is just getting inside the building. Uh, but and... Peter notices that she's inside the building, um, finds her on the security cameras, beats uh, the shit out of her in a parking garage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> it's it's a brutal scene she like kicks him in the balls and then he gets up and like crushes her hand and takes her gun and then in a moment of probably like fighting against the virus is like stay down olivia doesn't murder her doesn't doesn't kill her and then he runs away with the gun i'm assuming he's like fire extinguisher don't be window bullet beat window <laughs> bullet. <laughs> um uh and then uh, Olivia manages to turn on the vents. The fentanyl rushes into the the building. People get super high and pass out. Um, I definitely have no lasting consequences to this. Actually, fun thing. Um, they found that people who had like loved ones supporting them after an operation where they received high doses of morphine did not become addicted to opioids versus those that didn't, suggesting a support system is very important. Huh, interesting. Like actual medical study on this as to why morphine addiction wasn't higher in outpatient stuff. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, um yeah, everyone's been that... everyone's a, everyone did a sleepy time except for uh Walter and Astrid who smartly finally put their masks back on. Well, Astrid feels <laughs> like the air come on and she's like Walter's like thinking she's like put this on. He's like why and she's like you'll thank me later. <laughs> I'm like just No, he won't. I guess I guess she doesn't want to say, "Hey, aerosolized opioids are about to rush into this building." Yeah, cuz Walter's Walter like... then's going to just be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." <laughs> Big oh, it's, oh, it's Tuesday already? <laughs> That truck was diverted from my lab. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, um, Peter's doing a nice sleepy in the elevator um, when the CDC well, he, people find him. He, yeah, he passes out with his hand on on the trigger right before the CDC agent surely would have killed him. Um, and then he wakes up in the CDC tent. Everyone is cured. Happiness abound. And then Astrid goes out to Walter and is like, hey, you said something kind of insane. And I need to make sure everything's okay. You said Peter died already. What do you mean? <laughs> and he went, ah, some things are meant to be left alone. 
and then yeah. walks away. <laughs> Everyone's okay with this. It's it's a really great little scene of of Walter being like, "Shh, it's fine." <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the episode. Yeah. Uh, the cipher was window, which, yeah, you can see the obvious connections. Uh, and then also probably extends further into some parallel universe stuff, but eh, whatever. Uh, the observer is in the background when the field director, CDC guy, um, tells one of his employees to call the State Department to get level six eradication authorization. All right, David, you ready for your favorite part of the episode? No. <laughs> so do you want to give me a, Do you want to give me a guess of what it is or you want me to just oh, go into it? Oh, this one's actually good. I know, right? What? I, it's been so long since our last recording. I don't even remember. <laughs> like, just tell me what it is. All right. So uh, if we think back to the last episode, remember when Walter had to go and uh, find his secret stash um, of documents oh, on yes, Project yes. Elephant? And they're in the library there. So uh, if you were to look a little bit closer at that scene, you'd see that right above it, um, there was a box that had something labeled on it. Um, what, what was it? It was labeled Magellan Files. Uh, you can't even be mad at that one. It directly I, relates. Yeah, I get this one more. I'm still upset <laughs> in general. Uh, but hey. This one had like a direct solid name to name correlation. Yeah, literally the start of the next episode, Walter brings up Magellan. But yeah. Look at that. Um, a pretty decent um, next episode clue for this one. Oh, we also get a quick mention. We kind of skipped over it to uh, Rachel, where Olivia mentions her sister is having some nightmares and some mental health issues surrounding the fact that Olivia almost died recently. Yeah. You, you mean from like way back then? Which yeah, one from specifically did she almost die? Just I to... believe um, the ser- the season premiere. Okay, it's car accident series yeah, premiere. Yeah. Okay, she because Peter's like, hey, have you told your sister that like you might be infected? And she's like, nah, I don't want to worry her. She's still pretty messed up over the fact that I almost died in a car crash and almost got assassinated. I'm like, it's been a rough like fucking couple months for you. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> My partner almost killed me. <laughs> My partner died again. Came back to life briefly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, this was uh, this is like a three and a half. I like this episode, but it's again, it's X Files, but it's good X Files. It's it's a solid episode. There's nothing wrong with this episode. Um, literally, it's just how topical it is right now that is what sort of made us all kind of like cringe at it. Well, uh, it's but- also like there's not really fringe science here. It's oh, there's an old virus. Oh, I'd, I'd like to say that the fringe science comes in the fact that Walter's able to make a screening measure and then a cure for this virus within, like, eight hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as we all know, that's, that's <laughs> insanely incorrect. Man, how long does it take to develop a test for these things? Uh, Three oh hours? Hey, God. hey, I heard a vaccine is coming out very soon. Uh, Probably before November 3rd. Uh, right? That's... That's and then we'll never hear about it after November third. Oh God! And then everything will go back to normal right away, right? Um, all right. Halloween will spook it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, life uh. sucks. <laughs> uh, are we also um, speaking about the future and how depressing it is? Are we going to try and sync up and plan when episodes are coming out? Do a Halloween spooktacular episode? No. I don't know how it's going to be a Halloween episode. <laughs> 
We didn't do anything special for any holiday. Why are we suddenly doing something special for this? Because spooky season. Happy Halloween in five days, everyone, then. Whenever this episode gets released. I'm going to date this recording. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween in like a week from now for a week ago for when people are watching or listening to this. Yeah, this will already have come out by by the time Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, three and a half. Fun episode. Yeah, no, uh, I'd say about the same. Um, probably three, three and a half for me. Uh, solid episode. Um, fun, fun elements. Um, but didn't really like make it. Didn't it? Didn't have like a crazy like. There was nothing like amazing that stood out about it either. Yeah, yeah. that's Did fair. It? Fair enough. Um, uh, three as well. Yeah, exactly. Like good episode in general. Just not stand. Doesn't stand out very much. But uh, I enjoyed it. Like yeah. I didn't turn it off. Oh uh, man, I <laughs> I can't wait for next episode because I have a really stupid next episode clue now. Oh, I, no. I get to say the next episode clues. Excuse you. No, uh, I have a really bad guess for it. <laughs> this is going to be upsetting, regardless. <laughs> it really is. It really is. You I'm always upset by these. Like, <laughs> ooh, interesting. That one, I just looked. At, I just looked bad. at what the next episode clue is. Interesting. <laughs> ah, well, take us out, Nick. Uh, I don't take you out. I took us. I took us in. Yeah, I take us out, David. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. Um, Man, it's been a real long time, eh? We've still been doing this. Uh, Almost done season two now. (laughs) Crazy. Um, Keep listening. Uh, Tell your friends about us. Uh, Give us a review and like a five star rating on iTunes, the Google Play Store, Spotify, wherever you found this. you can, if you want to reach out to us and uh, just say hi or ask us questions or, you know, generally interact with us so we know people are listening, uh, send us an email at forsaf at gmail.com uh, or, you know, tweet us at forsaf, F O U R S A A F. Oh, uh, check out our uh, podcasting hosting site at Podbean as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys, mailbag. Um, mailbag's empty still. Yep. Yep. and will be uh check out our twitch at forsaf uh we haven't streamed anything so don't <laughs> check that out if you're gonna check something out make that the last thing you check out hey. <laughs> or the first thing it's very quick to check it out we're gonna have at least one stream bod all right and with that outro The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.